Hello, Bakersfield. I'm Andre Gonzalez. I'm Rachel Magnus. I'm Jesus Gonzalez. I'm Carla Barrientos. And you're listening to Hello, Bakersfield, the podcast with champagne taste on a beer budget. And that, <laughs> that is in honor of our guest today, the king of Bakersfield beer, Don Bynum. Woohoo! Hey, guys. Don, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Really great to be here. We appreciate you being here. And I was really hoping I was going to get a beer this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like okay. a little morning pick-me-up. Just for the listeners, Whoops. this is a Tuesday morning at 7.30 a.m. Well, you know, I've always wanted one of our guests to bring us something. Hint, hint. And I thought this could I be I can run out real quick if you guys want. I'll be back in it's like three minutes. It's five o'clock somewhere, <laughs> yeah. as they say. Full disclosure, I'm not a huge beer drinker. I thought it'd be funny. Thank you, Andre, for calling me out. <laughs> it's just kind of early. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I mean, you could have a, a white claw. Isn't that te- technically beer? Technically beer. <laughs> you know, and um, my, I had a group of friends that we used to drink. Um, we called them Bakersfield Mimosas because all anybody would have is Coors Light. So we just put orange juice in it yes. and call it a Bakersfield Mimosa. There's probably another name for it. but You were ahead of the trend. You know, that's a thing now. I've seen like beer mosas and really? bro mosas and it's bro with mosas. beer. I love it. <laughs> yeah. mm, I don't think I can drink anything that's called bro something. <laughs> or, or Michelob Ultra, the champagne of beers. No, that's... Um, Miller High Life. Oh, darn. Miller High Life. <laughs> Clearly, I'm the not bottle a is pretty drinker. on a Miller High Life. It is. I always feel super classy when I drink so a High Life. I. I was in New York um, in the um, early spring, and we I was with a group of people that all they drank was Miller High Life, so it always brings me back to Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> What, what's your beer anecdote? <laughs> yeah. This will bring it back to the podcast. <laughs> do you have any um, beer mosas at uh, Templar? We do. Okay. Do you yeah. guys do? Is there one on the menu? Yes, we have. We serve them on the weekends, I believe. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Oh my gosh. Hello, Bakersfield. Let's get over there. Let's do it. <laughs> I think we know what we're doing this weekend. As I was saying, <laughs> we have Don Bynum, the king of Bakersfield beer. I just coined that, by the way. I love that. And someone else told you that before? No. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep it. Uh, Put that on and, the gram. And he is, uh, he'll be our guest today. But before we get to him, I want to get to our hosts and ask a little bit about their lives, highs and lows. And I think we'll, ta- we'll start with uh, Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> no pressure. Well, um, life is good. What can I say? Your life is good. Your Instagram always looks beautiful. I just got back from yes. vacation. That was fun. I went camping in the Midwest with my fam. Um, and it was fun. You know, we uh, got to uh, jet ski and go wakeboarding. And um, it was really sporty. Oh, do you and, uh, wakeboard? I actually, I do. And I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Oh, yeah. really? I know I did. I only saw videos of Derek on the wakeboard. Well, he, well he's even better than I am. He's is like he? a professional. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I could do like a, a four foot jump and uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's so much fun. But when you eat it, it hurts so bad because um, you're going like 40 miles an hour on the water. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it was fun. We drank a lot of beer while we were there. Mm. Um, the Midwesterners the love their beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. What about you, Carla? Um, oh, wait, do you have a low? Oh, yeah. oh a low. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I do. I mean, you're on vacation all week, so yeah, it's, it's hard to have a low. Coming back to reality, that's my low. And mm. yeah. 3 a.m. Oh my God. Yeah, our flight. Yeah, I came in at three in the morning. So that was pretty rough. It was a rough Monday. Oh, God. But I'm glad to be back in Bakersfield with you. Mm, we're folks. glad you're here. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> uh, how about you, Carla? Uh, well, my high is that 
my husband and I just booked our first couple days away from our son uh, vacation. We're going to, you know, do something really unheard of and we're going to go to Vegas. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we figured, you know, when we don't, we love traveling. And now that we have our son, we love traveling with him. Um, But we decided we want to make sure when it's just the two of us that we're traveling and we're doing things that there are no kids uh, around. So we want it to be a very adult vacation because sometimes you go places and you think, oh, you know, they would like this or they would like that. Where I know when I get to Vegas, there's not going to be too many things I'm going to see that my 10-month-old son is going to want to participate in. <laughs> so we're really excited about that. Um, That's going to be fun. Yeah. Going to get wild. I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mama's well, got to live, you know? <laughs> That's and a low? Awesome. Uh, low, um, I, I hate to, to, to be that person, but I'm kind of sad summer is over. I know summer is so hot in Bakersfield and it's tough for people, but summer is, is on the decline and I'm that's my low. I love the pool energy and being able to day drink on the weekends. Back and, to beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those summer things. And I actually don't mind the heat. It's probably my Jamaican blood, but I don't mind the heat. Um, so, that is nice. And you can yeah. tell that the seasons are changing. Mm-hmm. Like even this morning, it, I don't know what it is. It yeah. just, your body starts to. No, it's um, a tad bit yeah. cooler in the morning. It is. Yeah. The light's shifting. My, my alarm goes off at six. <clears throat> it's a little darker than it was. Mm-hmm. Get your funny. shawls ready. It's getting chilly. You know, I had a dream that I was wearing a shawl last night. It's so weird you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was all I had. I, weird, but we're not going to analyze I just my love, dream. We'll have our audience analyze it, my yes. dream. So. With a shawl. Oh, Rachel. Wearing a shawl? No, no. I had, I had an outfit, and actually it was a green leopard shawl, so I'm still really extra. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon it's going to be not too hot, not too cold, and all you'll need is a light jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and that green leopard shawl. <laughs> I should not have said that. <laughs> no, please continue. <laughs> so my high, oh. uh, Henry and I have been looking for a house and um, it's been a long process and we are nowhere near confirming a house yet, but um, it's been really fun. We, you know, we want the right house. We really want an old home with a lot of character. Henry is incredibly handy. He has a background in engineering and construction, so I'm very excited that I can have a fixer-upper home and make it exactly what I want because he can make anything happen. And I'm definitely refining his taste with my aesthetic. So it's all going to be good. Oh, I'm so excited to see it. I think it's going to be just gorgeous. So it's been really exciting. We've we've looked at a couple houses and um, we actually have an offer in on one right now. We have no idea what's going to happen, but it's been really the focus of my off time. And it's been fun to daydream in our new potential home, wherever it is. What neighborhoods, if, if you don't um, mind? We were, we, you know, Westchester, La Cresta, Oleander is where uh-huh. we're looking. And um, we, we want to be downtown. We want an old house and we want big trees. And I want something with character and like architectural interest that will bring me joy for many, many years. <laughs> oh, I, I am love it. excited for you guys. Yeah. That's a yeah. really fun, so exciting we'll keep time. Keep you posted on that. Mm-hmm. And then my low, it's not necessarily. It's just, oh, shoot, 
because I did not get up to San Francisco to see the Andy Warhol retrospective that's up there. Mm. It closes um, September the 2nd, I believe, September 2nd or 3rd. And I have been the last month trying to figure out when I could just sneak away for a day. Um, All that being said, I saw the exact show in New York when I was there on the aforementioned trip to New York. But I am, you know, being a curator, I wanted to see the show was so interestingly hung. You know, I'm not a huge Andy Warhol fan. I mean, he was incredible for American art and um, putting American art on the in, in history books, but seeing how the show was hung there versus how the curators would have done it here would have been so interesting. So if anybody did get up and see it, please let me know or take, took a lot of photos, send them my way. I'm sure I can find them online, but there's nothing like experiencing it. But my work schedule just hasn't allowed me to sneak away for a day. It's so, so. interesting to me the way that you, like your perspective on things and the attention to detail that I don't think the everyday person would necessarily notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's really you know, cool. it's kind of a blessing and a curse because I used to go into museums prior to working in one and just look at the art on the walls. Now I look at the paint color, the wall tags, um, how they've applied the text, um, how things are hung, how closely something is hung next to them, how a room, how all the work is speaking to itself, because that's all the things that I do at my museum. So it's constantly like about fueling um, my inspiration bank for here. And also, you know, it's a bigger conversation of how you create a space and not just necessarily the work that's on the wall and the curator in um it was at the Whitney Museum that did this Warhol show there was multiple curators but um they did the most playful hang I mean in Warhol's work is you know most the his most commonly work known is pretty playful it's all about mm-hmm. pop art and kind of celebrating what of what's of them now and but there were there a lot of his work did really explore some really dark themes and there was this room this is in this room is st- stuck with me is this room had really um some of his darkest work in it but um and it was hung pretty balanced each wall had one big piece but then up in one of the tall tall corners of the building there was one of his um pop flower scenes and it was just like you just needed this little breath of like beautiful fresh air because it was a heavy room and it was like mm, how beautiful yeah, is that and like yeah. untraditional and so i'm sad i didn't get to see it in san francisco Aww. but there will be many other shows to be inspired by oh but. yes absolutely mm-hmm. Andre, yes. Do you want to tell us about your high? Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, this this past Friday, I was able to go uh, to the Hollywood Bowl, and it's a annual summer thing I like to do. I try to get down there as many times as possible, but this summer I only been down there once, um, and so I got to, got to be with um, lots of people, enjoying the concert out in the outdoor space in Hollywood, and it's just a wonderful. It was a wonderful experience. Got to see Pink Martini. Oh, you did. Yeah, I've, which I've seen Pink Martini with you at the Hollywood. That's Bowl. right. So I and they play every uh, couple of years, and I've been there for the last you know ten years with them, and uh, not with them, but you know you you were with them. I was with them. Okay, <laughs> <were> with them. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because Pink Martini, you know, I kind of um, learned about them through a colleague about fourteen years ago. Uh, he had gone to Portland with his wife on a trip and uh, Pink Martini is a group from Portland and heard them play, heard the story and just kind of came back and was raving about them. And it was always in the back of my mind, but I never really picked them up. And then uh, years later, um, someone just randomly offered me tickets to the Hollywood Bowl to go see them and um, just 
fell in love with their stage presence and their performance. And it's just a wonderful, eclectic show. And th- that's not my high. My high is I learned that they're actually coming to Bakersfield oh. uh, in December for a Christmas show. So they're coming to the Fox Theater. Oh, how fun. On oh. December the 6th. So, and they're a fun group to see, I bet, at like holidays. Yeah. Because they get into like kitsch major and it's really fun. Are they like an acapella group or... Um, no, they have no. a big orchestra with them, oh, and they're okay. just a very eclectic, okay. kind of jazzy, you know, uh, ensemble that yeah. just is incredible. They can I mean, do anything. That's really yeah. Cool. yeah, I mean, they they bring in music from all around the world, um, and it's just a lot of fun. But I bet a Christmas show is really fun. Right? Yeah, and they'll be at the Fox Theater. Oh my gosh! This Hello, December. Bakersfield for the holidays. We got a field trip yeah. coming up, guys. We need to go. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, I'm only on the Fox really hard to see if they need an MC or something like that. Oh, <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. Oh, <laughs> I hope so. Well, we should try to get them on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was it was a good show, and then. Uh, and my low is, you know, same same thing I've talked about in the past. You know, we have a lot of pressing uh, issues at the city right now. Um, we have a crisis situation with regards to homelessness, and we're all working um, very, very hard uh, at responding, as we have been for the last couple of years. And, you know, uh, some people are upset or, or have critiques about our approach, and I, I don't mind that at all. I can take it. But what gets gets me irritated more than anything is when people say that we're not doing anything and that we're not responding. And even though I understand without perspective, because if you're, if you go outside and you don't see anything changing, uh, you don't see homelessness change, you don't see the reduction. I can see where people will say no, no one's doing a thing. Um, but in reality, there are uh, people doing lots of stuff, but there are a there are many constraints placed upon us from the state and um, federal courts, and b um, there's just a lot of work. It's very complicated, and and things can't happen fast enough. Um, so I'm just very frustrated that we, we're trying to respond as quickly as possible. We I put in a lot of time, um, a lot of energy. And then to kind of get slapped around saying, you're not doing anything is kind of unfair. And so I've been trying to push back as much as I can and explain to people exactly what we're doing, but it's just been never ending. So we keep going. Yeah, I've been having a lot of meetings offsite and listening to talk radio, local talk radio, and you are getting ripped apart. (laughs) 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 Well, this doesn't make sense because I feel like there's more people. I'm reaffirming what you're saying. It's but there's more being done now than there ever was. So yeah. that doesn't seem fair. And not the singular you, but it's just in city general. and It's a hard situation. And, yeah. I mean, it is something that we're seeing every day and we want, you know, I think we, we want to see things done now, but there is a process and it takes time. So yeah, and the reality is, I'm sorry, the reality is, is this is a national issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're seeing a rise in homelessness in every major city. Bakersfield is the ninth largest city in the state. We, we, we are not immune to this. And, you know, people often like to point to very small cities and say, well, they don't have homeless people. But, you know, when you compare us with McFarland or, mm-hmm. you know, e- even, uh, you know, Culver City, the, it's, it's an unfair comparison. And so we know that um, Bakersfield is a major city, that we have a lot of services and resources here that draw people in who are in need, um, and that 
you know, every other major city is experiencing the same thing. So anyway, we, I don't want to talk more about this, but we're, we're, we're responding. We have a lot of different things that we're working through. Um, and I'm hoping that we will see an effective, um, you know, outcome in, in the near future. Keep up the good work, Andre. Thank you. We got your back. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, that's it's the point is, I mean, that's what leadership's about, right? You just take the hits and you have to keep on yeah. going. And but anyway. Is that what leadership's about? <laughs> <laughs> take the hits and keep on going. Keep on going. <laughs> leadership one oh one guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think so. <laughs> that's what you're learning. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get on to get on with it here. Um we have Don Bynum. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. And I'm going to kick it over to Carla All or right. Carly. Carly, <laughs> depending on when you met me. Yeah. You know, it was college, it was Carly. Um, so today's guest is a community leader, um, one of my dear friends, a lover of beers and bonsais, and the president and CEO of Timbler Brewing Company. Don Bynum, thank you so much for being here. Awesome to be here. Oh. Well, we have a lot of things to ask you and talk about. Um, first thing, can you tell us a little bit about um, yourself and, and um, what what inspired you to start Timbler? I know you're born and raised in Bakersfield. Just tell us a little bit about your story and, and what inspired you to start Timbler. Sure. Uh, long, long story there, so I'll <laughs> try not to tell the whole thing, but... Um, it all goes back definitely to my dad and his love of wine. Um, he, you know, he collects, he's been collecting, you know, really fine Napa Valley and, and French wine and you name it, um, since he was like 21 years old. Um, and he's got bottles from my birth here, like cases of bottles from my birth here and stuff like that. And my brother and sister and everything. Um, so his passion for wine and, um, he helped. He helped start the Bakersfield Wine Society um, in the '70s, um, which is a r- pretty small group of very passionate people um, that had ties. Some of them had ties to Napa Valley and everything. <clears throat> so, you know, once I turned 21, I was exposed to some pretty great wines. And, once you turned 21, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you caught that. Well, exposed by my dad, should I say? <laughs> he didn't expose me before 21, but. Um, but yeah, he he really. Um, I mean, I've been through countless wine tastings and uh, with really, you know, talented people, um, and so I learned all kinds of things um, about the nuance of of wine. And <clears throat> fast forward to about 2010, my fan, my friend Patrick Wade, who I grew up with, introduced me to a beer called Triple Carmelite, which is a Belgian triple uh, made. Um, and bottle conditioned, actually, which is where you f- uh, re-ferment in the bottle to naturally carbonate a beer um, in Belgium. And I'll never forget the moment I tasted that beer over at Imbibe. Um, I I just said to myself, this is one of the most amazing things I've ever tasted, first mm-hmm. of all. Second of all, it doesn't taste like beer. Hmm. And so um, I really just got intrigued at that point and started um, reading and researching and drinking a lot more beer (laughs) and um you know we we ended up going to belgium and germany that year together and then we started home brewing and it was just kind of a very overwhelming experience for me just 
really dove into all aspects. And um, shortly thereafter, Patrick and I and a couple others opened that uh, the Gentleman, which is a private bar downtown. So we got into the business side and how to work with draft lines and um, you know learned how to pour beers professionally and all the all these things. And what year was that? That was 2011. Okay. So just the next year. Um, and then yeah, and then you know after about four or five years of home brewing and traveling to countless breweries and back to Europe. Uh, Oktoberfest, all that stuff. Uh, we just, I don't know, we wanted to put together a business plan. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tom Maxwell and Derek Miller um, put together a very long business plan and and uh, everyone liked it. So we got, you know, we were able to gather some local investors and that's why we're fortunate enough to have Timbler. So, awesome. and also we were able to bring a professional brewer to town, Mike Lottie from Indiana. So that that's another element that was crucial because you know I wasn't a commercial brewer and the homebrew wasn't cutting it. The homebrew, <laughs> the, the homebrew, you know, homebrewing and commercial brewing are are sure. incredibly different. Just in scale things. alone, yeah, and like. just and, you know, there's just a lot of things in commercial brewing that you just would never experience in homebrewing. Mm-hmm. So, and is that because of like health standards or just like the like science behind it all ch- changes vastly? Well, the equipment's. Very different. Um, I always like to joke about the valves. There's like, there's like fifteen or twenty valves okay. in the brew house there that uh, will confuse anyone mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, which one do I turn when? You know, but no. I mean, the cleaning process is is uh, very different. I think you know, home brewers use certain certain things to clean that may or may not completely clean their stuff. Um, but, um, in commercial brewing, you, you know, we're using like caustic and parasitic acid and some very serious chemicals, hmm. um, to, um, make sure that the beer is completely 100% clean. Hmm. So, and now it's, um, Timbler is far more than just a brewery now. Um, how did that, was that part of the original business plan to make it such a event space and a place where people gather? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, I think. I don't know how often I admit this, but I think one of my, and I was a musician uh, or have been a musician for a long time, kind of privately. But um, one of my dreams was to have uh, like a concert venue of some sort, you know, that was a size that Bakersfield was, you know, not really offering up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, fortunately, because of the building that we went into, uh, we were able to bite off a lot of space. And um, have have an event element that was able to bring people to us. Um, since we weren't close, very close to homes, that was a really important aspect. Um, and also being in kind of a neighborhood that is historically industrial, you know, we really had to work to get people, I think, to come out there. So, yeah. well, you are very close to the Crystal Palace. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Got some good music buddies down Definitely, there. Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Crystal Palace was like, you know, five years ago was was kind of the lone soldier there. Uh-huh. And, you know, then once Starbucks came and, you know, Rush and, you know, Boulevard and everything, it's quite a different environment now. Definitely. Yeah. Timbler's doing a lot of great things. Fun fact, when I did my stand-up comedy, it was at Timbler. And, yeah, you guys have music, comedy, you name it. There's a lot going on there. Um, I, I was going to ask you, 
you talked about going, uh, visiting a lot of breweries, doing a lot of beer travel. Um, Don's wife, Christina, is one of my best friends. And me and my husband, George, were able to go. Uh, we went to Europe and we were able to meet up in uh, Belgium with Don and Christina. And we got kind of a front row crash course of some amazing beer that just we would have never touched without um, Don giving us the the info. How much of, of those travels um, and those beer experiences influence what you guys are doing at Timbler? And, and maybe influencing that, you know, even beyond Timbler. Sure. Um, yeah. So both with the bar and Timbler, I think the, um, and I, I think I forgot to mention this. I needed to tie together the wine and the beer. <laughs> um, the, to me, Belgium is a mixture of, of wine and beer culture, beer culture coming from Germany and wine culture coming from France. So um, it's just a magical thing when you put them together. And I think most, most people, um, you know, most people in America don't even know what that is and haven't experienced it. So um, I always try to get people to go to Belgium if they're over there. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, it all, you know, in Belgium, if you go into a bar, they pour a matching glass to your beer with the brand on it and everything. So um, we tried to do that element here at Timbler. We've got, you know, we've got... <clears throat> For the 661 Kolsch, which is a German beer, we've got the Strange Glass, which is what you find in Cologne if you go there. Um, we've got the Tulip Glasses for the Belgian beers. We've got the American Pints for the for the IPAs. I love that. Yeah. It's, when you go in there, it's so fun to see all the different glasses on people's tables. Yeah, it, it's a lot. It makes it the experience... Starts, you start a conversation just then, like, oh, what yeah. was that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So there is a purpose behind it. It's not just random glasses for, you know, whatever beer. Well, I'm sure it affects the flavor notes and how you... You know, the shape of the glass affects how your nose touches it. Or Certainly, mm -hmm. definitely. So, yeah, so, yeah, big, that's definitely a huge element of the fun aspect of, of beer, so. Yeah. So, the, our local beer scene seems to be having this boom. Um, that's a long time coming. We've got new breweries that are doing lots of different beers from sours to more um, uh, classic or um, traditional beers. Uh, we've got our first brewery coming downtown, second phase, um, between you know, lengthwise, who who started it? Who you know, it's the grandfather of Bakersfield beer. What do you see our local beer scene doing, and and how how is it received amongst um, you know the real beer enthusiasts right now? So I think it's very exciting for all the beer lovers out there. And from the from the beginning, or at least four years ago, when Timbler opened, um, we we were expecting new breweries, and we were excited about the new breweries because. The craft beer struggle is, you know, we're the we're up against the big beer, which is just so you guys know. I think in Bakersfield, it's about it's about ninety five percent big beer, five percent craft beer. So, and that wow. includes all outside brands. Um, you know, in San Diego, it's more like 25, 20 to twenty five percent craft beer. Has so, that, have you is that shifted at all? Like, is that is that five percent a growing number? Yes, I think. I think if I had to estimate before us and when it was just lengthwise, it was probably like two, Jeez. maybe 3%. Um, but those are just estimates. Um, it, the point is we're all in this kind of together and um, the more attention we can bring to craft beer, um, you know, the, the better we all are. So, but yeah, it's all about, you know, we're independent. We get to create 
um, different and new styles all the time. Um, we're not just focused on money. Um, we use traditional ingredients, um, so which means we're not loading the beers with rice or corn, um, which is what the big beer companies are doing to in order to save money and have a better margin. Mm. So we're all about full flavor. Um, and then, you know, of course, we're doing all kinds of eclectic things like sours and, um, you know, triple IPAs and you name it. So there's, I mean, if you just look at the breweries in Bakersfield, there's probably just right now, there's probably about a hundred different beers you could go taste that, that are just full spectrum. And what so. are some of your favorite local beers that are being made right now? Oh man. Um, so I'm, I'm an IPA fanatic. So I, you know, I love, um, a great IPA, um, I'm so at Timbler, my go to is either Streets of Bakersfield or ho- if I'm looking for something lighter, it's going to be Hollow Body Pale Ale. Um, I love Citrus Simcoe at Lengthwise. Um, you know, Great Change is putting out a ton of awesome IPAs. Um, Kern River, I love Just Outstanding and any of their IPAs. Um, and then, you know, Crusader is doing, you know, some really authentic traditional beers like they put out a german hefeweizen um a couple months ago that to me just tasted like i was in germany and that was yeah. really special um because you don't get that very often a lot of a lot of wheat beers will just be american wheat beers and it's a different yeast that creates that that kind of flavor difference so yeah and then dionysus is putting out all kinds of wild fun sour beers that are bright and fruity and so yeah i'm i'm yeah, it's exciting, and I hope there's going to be a tour company that does a like a full Saturday tour at <laughs> oh, some point that's here. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. So. Do you guys see yourself expanding into the, the downtown uh, <laughs> yeah, area right. ever? You know, I I think we would love to have a tasting room downtown. Yeah, like uh, you know, not a not a restaurant probably. There's mm-hmm. so many rest, great restaurants sure, already, yeah. but yeah, being a part of the nightlife would be really That'd cool. Be so cool. we are we are looking for any opportunity in that realm. So. What, awesome. Speaking of downtown, what is, what is going on with the gentleman now? The gentleman's still, is still there. We have, uh, we have a good, is it the same model as when you started? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Private member based. Um, that's how our license is held. So it has to be, has to remain private. Um, you know, we have about 120 members or so and, uh, yeah, it's great. It's, it's actually more popular than ever, I think. So yeah, well, I love the logo. Yeah, it's Thanks. so good. Really the cool. little Thanks. bowler cap. Very um, Renee Magritte. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed for the no, you know, just the symbol really hard. So, yeah, yeah, I it like looks, that a lot. It's really cool. It's yeah. like that. We're hoping Honest. that you brought our honorary uh, membership card, our, <laughs> <laughs> our one time pass. <laughs> well, at the very least, we should all meet over there for a drink. You okay, know, we'll take you when up you guys on are that. Ready. Yeah. Rachel wants to go right after this. Right. <laughs> She's ready. Gosh, darn it, Andre. Yeah, let's just make it our Friday. <laughs> well, I, I have two questions. Sure. I'm deciding if I should stick with beer or move on to bonsais. <laughs> <laughs> you can never go wrong with bonsais. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fascinated. I saw the um, the bonsai beer and bonsai event you did. In, yeah. in the um, I saw it on Instagram and on in the Westchester Magazine. But um, tell me about your love for bonsais and where did that start? And man, uh, gosh, it's such a it's a funny question because like there's so few people that that are into it. Um, I, I don't know. I, my grandmother, you know, I would garden with her when I was a kid. And, and then, um, I received a bonsai as a gift in college and, and I, 
it's kind of in the way that I discovered beer in Belgium, it was similar with bonsai. Like I went, I had this bonsai all of a sudden. And I was like, I got to go read about this. Mm. So I started reading and I realized that bonsai was not a, anything what I thought it was. It's, it's not just Mr. Miyagi and, you know, and, and that one tree that he had there. Um, it's a whole world of, it's a very uh, sophisticated world of, you know, hundreds of different species and sizes and, you know, you can have a bonsai the size of this room if you'd like. It's just basically a containerized plant that is um, a piece of art that tries to emulate the natural world is is really the way that I think of it. So anyways, I, I went crazy for that, and uh, I still kind of am 15, 17 years later. Um, I have trees that I've had for that whole time, and they've, you know, they just get way better each year. It's really cool. What's so, like the upkeep of a bonsai? So it pretty scary for a lot of people. Um, the larger, the better, especially for Bakersfield. So if you got a, you know, like a 15 to 20 inch pot, um, that's like four to six in- inches deep, you can have a, you can have a pretty easy time mm-hmm. and it's daily watering once a day. You want to make sure you got afternoon shade. You don't want them to burn up, okay. but, uh, yeah, it's fertilizer watering once a day and then, you know, trimming as needed. Okay. So the shapes that are created are like completely organic. They're not crafted. No, they can be completely crafted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of techniques. You can do dead wood and attach trees to dead wood. I mean, there's just, I don't even get into half of it. And don't I want to come see your bonsais? I'd love to to show them to anybody (laughs) that wants to see them. You have to have us over. You have some beautiful bonsais. It seems like every time I visit, Don and Christina's house. I they have to stop me because I have like a bonsai under my shirt trying to take it to my car. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of it's weird because we're friends, but then I'm always trying to steal trees from them. It's, it's a weird it's a weird setup. Well, but Don, you've got I, some gorgeous trees. I have a question for you. I didn't realize that um, you were part of the uh, real estate powerhouse Gregory Bynum and Associates, um, which has been developing in Bakersfield for quite a while. Are there any upcoming exciting projects that you can share with us? Absolutely. Um, the, the most exciting one by far is the BC Southwest campus okay. that has broken ground out on the CSUB campus, um, right there on Scarlet Oak and Camino Media. Um, so, uh, you know, my Greg Bynum, my dad has been working on that project. It's a ground lease deal with the CSUB mm-hmm. campus and he's been working on it for a long time, been marketing it a long time. This is like a, kind of a dream come true project, I think, where you've got this really rare partnership between mm-hmm. the two schools. You got the students, BC students who would love to be able to stay in the Southwest. Now th- you're going to have three times as many as much room for them. Um, and they're going to get to use the CSUB um, amenities. And it's such library. a beautiful, yeah. bu- like architecturally, it's such a beautiful building. Do you think moving forward as you guys continue to develop, you'll... Um, have a, a commitment to that more modernized type of architecture? Yeah, I think actually uh, my dad's always been very focused on the timeless modern look, like some of the Truxton buildings that we've built over the years. But I got to throw out my sister here, Marley, just became an architect and nice. is very, very um, talented and, and worked for the company that um, designed this building. Oh, wow. And, wow. But she's way into modern and... Uh, and so I'm excited about what she might design in the future. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's 
Definitely, definitely where we're headed is, is modern design. So that's awesome. awesome. I think I, I can speak for everyone in Bakersfield when I say we're really excited to see that new wave of, of architecture that will come to the city. Definitely. Great places from the inside and out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to switch it up a little bit and okay. we're going to do a segment we called. What do we call it? 73 questions inspired by Vogue 73 questions. Good work. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to put five minutes on the clock and we're going to ask you a lightning round of questions. We need your honest answer as quickly as possible. Don't think too much about it. Short answer, please. Stream of conscious. We're counting counting the questions. Have you listened to the show? I don't know that I've heard this part. <laughs> I don't think I got. I don't good think answer, I got. Don, good answer. Good. That's good. That's just where we want to go. Yes. <laughs> Make it a surprise. Not a yes and uh, not a no. I mean, be ready for anything. <laughs> we want people to listen to the show, just maybe not all of it. <laughs> I never made it that far. Yeah. Oh, great. Really <laughs> I don't, yeah, I have, I struggle with. You know, <clears throat> listening to podcasts. That's but. all right. You're a music guy. Yeah, we. Yeah. we but I'll change that from now on, guys. I promise. Oh, oh, Biggie, I'm glad we have your. You know your what? I, I can tell you one thing. Your show's not going to be the easiest to listen to. It's hard to listen to yourself speak. Don't. Start oh no, there. I won't. Yeah. I won't listen to my show. You, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, that wasn't a personal cut. No, no, no. I know exactly I, I was, what you're saying. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, like, he did a great so job. Hard. I know exactly what you're saying. I can't do it. Every yeah. week I listen, Very I'm well like, rounded. why did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Okay, so we're going to uh, begin. I'll start, uh, and then we'll go to Rachel, Jesus, and then Carla, and we'll begin right now. So what is your favorite word in any language? Love. What's the best dessert in Bakersfield? Georgia's special. What is one challenge you've had to overcome in the city of Bakersfield? Man. Come on. Traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Especially now. (laughs) Uh, Favorite Bakersfield restaurant? Luigi's. Who has had the biggest influence in your life? My dad. What is the worst job you ever had? Lifeguard. What are you most enchanted by? Uh, all types of art. Besides Timbler, uh, what's your favorite beer or beer company? Uh, Dogfish Head is my favorite brand. What was the first thing you did this morning? I went for a four-mile run. Good work. Introvert or extrovert? Historically introvert, maybe now more of an extrovert. It's all that beer. (laughs) (laughs) Three words to describe Bakersfield. Uh, Gosh. um, Well-rounded, good people. Great cost of living. Those aren't words, but. Phrases, <laughs> <laughs> <Themes>, yes. <laughs> uh, what's uh, Bakersfield's best kept secret? It could be a place, the event, person, whatever. I think the people. All right. If you could travel back in time 20 years and you only had five seconds to tell a younger self something, what would it be? Don't be so naive. Who was your childhood crush? 
Uh, like an adult? Well, or- you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a little girl named Kylie. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, what is an experience you think every person should have? Uh, I, I would say create a piece of art of some sort. What's the last show that you've binge watched? Yellowstone. Favorite comfort food? Pizza. Favorite season? Fall. If you could change one thing about Bakersfield, what would it be? <laughs> Putting you in the hot seat. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> uh, more culture. Uh, your favorite band or musician? Radiohead. Favorite quote? <laughs> I Pass. Know. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Morning person or night owl? Morning. Um, what did you most recently read? The Economist, the magazine. What's one absurd thing that you absolutely love? Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. I guess, uh, double IPAs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Favorite Bakersfield neighborhood. Westchester. Okay. What's your astrological sign? Libra. Do you have any hidden talents? Uh, well, most people don't know that I write songs. I'm, I, I have, oh, wow. I have my own little EP, but yeah, songwriter. I'm really impressed how creative you are. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. What's one thing you're proud of, but you never get an excuse to talk about? <laughs> Bonsai. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> All right, describe the perfect party. Um, house house band or uh, house concert with uh, a nice mix of whiskey, beer, wine, um, wow. and maybe a pool element to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think. All I can remember, I think, is musician, but I probably wasn't that young. But I only thought it for about 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you'd give to someone thinking about moving to Bakersfield? That is time. Sorry. You can answer that. Answer that one? <laughs> yeah. Best advice? for uh, Buy a house if you can. Yeah. Don Bynum, that was 31 questions answered. Very good. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, What's nice. the record? Uh, it's like 38 or something like okay. that. <laughs> you totally lost, but give her, give her one. <laughs> yeah. You know, for answering so slowly, you did a lot. Yeah. Good job. Well, you were very thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, thoughtfully. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Yeah. All right. Well, Don, thank you so much for being part of our podcast. We appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. And uh, we want to thank the listeners for listening to our podcast, especially those faithful listeners who have liked our fan pages on Instagram and Facebook and who have subscribed to our podcast. Good job. We know who you are and we want to thank you for that. And all those who are listening who haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so. And be sure to share the podcast with all your friends and family and co-workers and acquaintances and people you may see at the grocery store. We want to grow this thing and we only can do it with 
you. So again, we want to thank you. We want to thank Don. We want to thank our producer at Om Studios, Brian Boozer, located in the heart of downtown. And also a special thanks to Hate Drugs for the opening theme music. That's it for this episode. Until next week, bye, Bakersfield. Goodbye. Adios. Bye. See you later. Bye.